everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8 or 88. Right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. Wherever you are, positively different, wherever you in the morning, you're with the Double L team, Lyle and... Lawson. Lawson, how was your weekend? It was so epic. And the most epic weekend. That's cool. Good thing to good things to good things to good things to good things. Like, this is great. Ba- ba- just, just, just great. Yeah, yeah. Well, essentially, like Friday night, had care group, did a Bible study, watched the end digital. Yes. Uh, ate food. Saturday, went to church, had a picnic. Kinda. We tried to have a picnic, and then it was raining and hurricaning. Yeah, it was like a miserable day it was for a picnic. Terrible. So then we went to a different church and ate lunch in there, so that we could all be, you know, spaced out, COVID safe. Ate burgers. Saturday night, we had a sports night. I played lots of volleyball. Sunday, yesterday, we hung out with people. I did. We had like a very long Bible study with Japanese people. You basically just, just living the life, Just Lawson. like the just best the weekend ever. And then it all apexed with last night when I had three packets of two-minute noodles and dumplings in one <laughs> bowl. <laughs> <laughs> but this wasn't any ordinary two minute noodles. These were like legit spicy two minute noodles um, that you get from that from like the Asian shop from Quan. Okay, Mark. there is this thing in the Bible called like you know good health, <laughs> temperance, temperance. <laughs> and you know there are occasions when maybe it should apply. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> they were vegetarian too. Oh, right? of course. Yes. Okay. So it applies. Yeah, they were like, <laughs> and I'm <laughs> no, using I'm using air quotes here. They were chicken flavored, so they weren't chicken, but they had chicken. They had flavor. vegetable vegetable uh, chicken flavoring. With yeah, them. yeah. Yes. Oh, it was vegetable amazing. Chicken, vegetable ingredient chicken flavor. And it made my mouth burn. So uh, it was a great meal. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. There you go. Fantastic book. What's our positively different news this morning? Ooh, this, I have sad positive news, but it's positive, but it's it's sad. I have like positive, positive news. I don't know where to start. Should I start sad first and then get happier? Do you yes, reckon? definitely. Okay, sweet, sweet. So basically um, in South Korea, they have, a, and I think this is pretty typical of most Eastern Asian countries, um, they have a really major problem with suicide. Um, it is, yes. it is, you know, we. Uh, it's, it's actually a problem with the human species at the moment. Yeah, definitely. And it's getting worse year by year. Mm. We're the only species that do this. Yeah, and we just do it at an off the chart scale. But anyway, well, obviously, we've been talking about over the last week or so the increase in you know suicide in the West. Yes. Um, but this has always been a, a much more pervasive problem, um, particularly, you know, in your big three Eastern Asian countries, you know, China, um, Japan, Korea. And in South Korea, it's yeah, it's a massive problem um, statistically, you know, kind of around, you know, or even outshining some of the levels that we see, you know, and when I say outshining out, um, you know, going beyond some of the levels that we see in Australia. Uh, like, in, you know, in Australia, we look at the, you know, for males between 18 to 24, the biggest killer is suicide. Mm. Um, and we're seeing the same statistics coming out of places like South Korea. But the Seoul Institute of Technology, Seoul is essentially the, the capital of South Korea, um, have come up with these cameras uh, that utilize artificial te- uh, intelligence 
to be able to watch people. They basically sit on the, you know, uh, on traffic lights, on the street corner and whatnot, um, and close to, you know, certain bridges and things like that. They essentially watch people and look for cues to see whether someone is contemplating suicide. Okay, so are these uh, being set up in places that are suicide hotspots? Yes. Right. So yeah. that's why you put it on a bridge or something yeah, like that because yeah. it's a bit of a suicide hotspot. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Um, but this is actually, you know, they've been able to do fantastic work with it so far, saving lives pretty much. Up until this point, um, they actually had teams that would be deployed to, you know, monitor these areas for people, you know, potentially wanting to commit suicide. Um, but now they're coming up with this AI system and, and you know, once the AI system it's recognizes the cues and whatnot, um, sees a person that they might think is suspicious, they'll alert the, the team who will go out there and, uh, you know, talk with the person, meet with the person. And then this is the interesting thing, and I think this is the great thing about AI technology, is that once it determines whether it was a suicide attempt or not it actually learns from that and has the ability to expand in its knowledge of what you know uh pre-suicide behavior looks like and you know this technology is just growing and growing and growing it's currently deployed around 27 in 27 different bridges in seoul and uh it's just making it faster for this process of being able to save lives yeah, that's fantastic. And, you know, if this story is something that is, uh, you know, triggering, triggering some negative thoughts yeah, in definitely. your mind this morning, uh, if, if suicide is something that has gone through your mind in recent times, then please do give us a call here mm. at the studio on 0491064669. We would love to call, we would love to talk with you, mm. um, or give Lifeline a call. Mm. They'd love to talk with you as well. And this is the most important thing to do. You are valuable. You are yes. valuable to God. Your life is valuable and mm. of infinite value. And so the lifeline number is 131114. Mm. I think the amazing thing as well is that they've recognized that this technology has a bunch of cross-application. I love that it started in this area of preventing suicide and mental health. But now they're they're starting to come up with a way to apply this to you know the the fire like the you know fire and rescue system to be able to use this te- you know for police and everything to be able to use this technology to kind of help in those areas I guess then there's the thought that it could you know you then look at a pre crime yeah pre crime authoritative <laughs> and and, and uh, social point system and and things but I I think at least where well, it it's is basically now, it's is great. taking the Chinese model mm-hmm. which is pre-crime and, you know, social points system and applying it in a positive way in, rather than a negative in way. In, like, possibly the best way you could. Yes, like, that's right. So, yeah, really, really awesome stuff. Um, let's have a look at another story here. Oh, just quickly in passing, I want to mention um, a farm in regional Victoria. They're about to, well, it's a camel farm, are about to give birth to 200 new camels. So, Lyle, right? I think we should own camels. It's time. So why are they having 200 new camels and what again are they going to use these new camels for? Well, essentially, uh, they, they use them for all kinds of things. Camel milk, they sell the camels, they breed the camels. But yeah, it's just cool. a, a pack. I think, I think camels is, are cool. I kind of like it when I'm driving down the road and I see camels in somebody's paddock. This is essentially... I don't know camel. Like, for some random reason, it's just like the biggest camel birthing of all time. Like, the, the owners of the camel farm were like, wow, all that camels just got pregnant. 
And, and they're all giving birth. And all they're all giving birth. What do we do? We have 200 we new have camels. 200 do we camels. have space for these guys? So I, I think we should get a camel. Anyways, just before we close off here, I wanted to tell a story um, about a guy named Elliot Middleton from the United States. Uh, he is essentially a, a really epic dude. He's from South Carolina, rural South Carolina, in a place where, and this is pretty typical in Australia, um, and you see this more in rural areas, where, like, if you don't have a car, like you're kind of trapped like cars of freedom uh because in this particular place where he lives there's you know not much public transport no uber and that's like a lot of australia so i fully understand how he's come to the conclusion he owns like a successful barbecue restaurant that's chained out in in his area um and so now like with his spare time he runs a like fix-up workshop that essentially receives donated cars fix them up and then gives them away to people in need Oh, that's nice. It's like the coolest yes. thing. Yes. So he was featured on CBS News. You know, it's, it's a really good news story. People like come and caught, capture the news. It went nationwide. And because of that, like he, he had, up until this point had gifted 32 cars to people since last September. So over the last eight months. Uh, and he's, you know, plodding along. He gets featured on CBS News and gets a, do- a donation of 800 cars. Oh, wow. Furthermore than that, it's not just cars. People are sending all t- types of things, toolkits, offering their services, whatever it may be. Um, also, you know, he had a GoFundMe page to, you know, fund. Obviously, if you're fixing up cars, you need to buy yeah, parts. Yeah, that, that costs money. Yeah, all kinds of things. Um, he Overnight, his GoFundMe went from, you know, just you know, sitting down, he had just kind of really started it to $129,000 in a night. And it's so, a really cool charity. It's because a really There cool are so charity. many people out there, their car kind of gets old, it it uh, dies for whatever reason, and they tend to just park it for a while, takes up space, and then they just send it to the junkyard, whereas it could quite easily be revived by somebody who had the skills to mm. do so and given to somebody who can actually really use needs it. it. Yeah, really yeah, needs so it. Yeah, so really, really cool story here. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Somebody's texted through, they want the website for that guy who gives away free cars. I think they're looking for an upgrade. Oh, <laughs> are you in South Carolina? <laughs> it's like, yeah, free cars, why not? Let's go. <laughs> nah, all good. Um, we can actually, we can, we can post those links up on our Facebook page maybe if you want to, if you want to have a, have a look and check out. It's, uh, mm. it's a cause worth uh, supporting, I do believe. Well, he has a, a Facebook page that is essentially called Middleton's Village to Village Foundation. Village to Village Foundation. There you yeah. go. Middleton's Village to Village Foundation. That's how to find it and that's how to support that uh, particular charity. Mm. Okay, so let's talk about what's happening in other news around the country. I mm-hmm. did say that we would talk about Harry and Meghan, and it's you know, we have this kind of fascination with celebrities, and particularly it's, with royalty. Yeah, the royal family. It's it's interesting. It's um, like, why are these people so much more special than everybody shouldn't else? We hate them. We're like a colony. Well, not anymore, but pretty much. We're a commonwealth. Yeah, we are. So we we decided to. We're part of the British Commonwealth. Yeah, we could have left. We could have, but, but we, we didn't. didn't. That's right. So so I guess we accept them de facto. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I like yeah, I like oh, the Queen. I think she's awesome. Oh, this is about But I've never the, met her, so I could be this wrong. Is, this is about the this is about the the five hundred pounds yes, they won. Yes, they just won five hundred pounds. What why? So this is gonna be life changing for them. No. <laughs> Okay, so this is an interesting one. It came from a group called Population Matters. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is a group that um, uh, 
uh, promotes abortion, defends the environment, and it promotes enlightening the public, but from a slightly different perspective because their big thing is to fight against population um, overpopulating the world. Mm-hmm. And this is a relevant, you know, it's a relevant point because, you know, it took, uh, what, 2,000 years to reach 2 billion people. It took 75 years to reach 4 billion people. It took, what, like nine years to reach 6 billion people. Mm. And so at that rate, you start to form a very steep J-curve and you recognise that we're going to breed ourselves into oblivion in a very short space of time. And various strategies have been put forward by, you know, various governments to try and curb population control. And so these guys have come along and said, well, you know, there's more to population than control than we're just, you know, overpopulating the planet. There is also the issue of the carbon footprint of every child that you bring into mm. the world and so uh, every child is going to you know consume you know or create x amount of carbon through you know the resources that they use and so we need to be very aware of that and if we have too many people on the planet then we need to reduce the number of people on the planet and so this is an organization that is all about combating the environment by reducing the number of uh, people on the planet and of course you know uh, this is one of the reasons why they support abortion because you know one in a quarter of children in in, in the West are um, aborted, and, which is an absolute tragedy. Mm. And so Harry Megan just got given this award for uh, publicly stating that they would only have two children. Now they didn't just publicly state that they were only going to have two children, but they publicly stated they were only having two children for the environment. Why didn't you say that? Can you? Can, uh, are we so allowed I, to get? I only, li- have, I only have two children. Yeah. Can we make a campaign, Lyle Southwell, for this I, award? I'll have five hundred pounds, thank you. Yeah, I, I will. I will actively campaign for you to receive this because <laughs> I only had two kids. But in, uh, the problem is that I'm not influential enough and didn't say the right thing on the right <laughs> uh, in the right interview. Uh, and it's so funny that they gave them five hundred pounds as a reward. And so yeah, Harry stated that he wanted to leave something better for the next generation. Hmm. By, you know, only having two children, mm. having a lower carbon footprint, <laughs> while he flies around the world globally and regularly in a private jet. Yeah. You know, you've got to, you've got to kind of look at it from that perspective and like, say, wait a minute, wait a minute, are these guys really that uh, interested in the environment or are they more interested in just... Yeah. Posturing. And this is the point, is like, I don't, we don't care about them flying around in a private jet, like... That's their own business. It is what it is. And, the person, and how many children a person has is their own business as well. You know, yeah. Shell and I uh, chose to just have two children. It, uh, in you know, Western society is kind of designed around yeah. the, ch- the two-child family. Mm. You kind of get past three and you've got to, you know, y- your, your choice of motor vehicle suddenly gets limited. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I, I have three sisters. And so, like, we only... We could only fit in vans and four-wheel drives. It was de- I, I honestly, yeah, life is more expensive. I, I'm and homes these days are designed for a two-person family, a, a two-child yeah, family. Mm. So fair enough, but oh, to be like <laughs> Harry and Megan, a rich ac- actress slash person related to the Queen, here have five hundred pounds for saving the environment by having now, there two is one children. Thing, yeah, there is one thing that I really <laughs> do like about what Harry said in relationship to our world. He said this place is borrowed. Yeah. Okay, I like that. I think that's actually, mm. uh, uh, you know, he went on to talk about evolution and so forth, which is, you know. Rubbish. <laughs> All right, so so if we evolved, who are we borrowing it from? Yeah, well. 
Okay, but the reality is our world is borrowed. It has been lent to us by God. We have been placed in charge of it as managers of this planet, mm. and as such we need to manage it wisely. Now, what's interesting about population control is that population is actually crashing. Mm. And is expected to crash over the next 80 years with most countries uh, having a reduction in population. And some of that reduction might not be a very good thing. If you look at, uh, and, and this is as a result of, you know, a wealthier, more secular uh, environment with easier access to birth control and so forth. But Australia over the next 80 years is expected to hold about even population-wise, and the United States. But that's primarily because we are countries where it is popular to immigrate to. Yeah. But if you take a country like Japan, they're expecting in the next 80 years for the population to halve. Think about what that does to the economy. To halve. Because people just aren't having children. But think about what that does to the economy. You're going to have half of the houses in Japan that are suddenly empty. Mm-hmm. So there goes your price of real estate. It's real estate suddenly worth nothing. Oh, and you can, have, you can have dramatic effects on the economy that then mm. have a flow on to people's well-being. You could have starvation as a result of that. Yeah, wow. That's so these are, these are interesting things that are, um, that are well worth you know, looking at. You know what's so interesting, though? Just, just quickly, if I can mention, I remember yes. like 10 years ago, the headline being like, oh, Australia's heading towards a 50 million population, you know, based on the our current growth rates and projections. And now the, the like just in the last ten years, like the world's completely backflipped on that, and yep, no one's having kids. That's intense. It is. It's very intense. Mm. Okay, so uh, and this is an interesting one uh, coming out of the UK. In that is that Boris Johnson has announced what effectively is a statute of limitations on the troubles. So the troubles took place in Ireland between Catholics and Protestants mm. between 1960 and 1990, and there were thousands and thousands of people murdered during that time period. And there are a lot of those atrocities that you know the perpetrators have never been brought to court, they've never been captured, uh, they've never been found. And Boris Johnson is saying, "Look, we just need to bring an end to this." He's saying, "We just need to draw a line under it and move on." Mm. There are a lot of people living in Ireland, of course, because Boris Johnson is not living in Ireland, uh, who are suffering a lot of pain because of you know their families having been torn apart. And they're like, well, no, this is not your responsibility as the leader of the government to forgive. It's our responsibility as individuals to forgive, and it's the government's responsibility to hold people accountable for the actions that they did. Mm. And uh, it's interesting the Presbyterians, the Catholics, and the Anglicans have all united on this. And I think there's a uh, there's a valid point. As individuals, forgiveness is an individual thing mm. that you do for yourself, and the government does not do for you. The government's responsibility is to um, is to hand, make sure that there are consequences for bad actions. Mm. It's individuals' responsibility to forgive people so that they can move on, and nobody should force us to do so. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, joining us on the phone this morning is Etienne McClintock from Voice of the Martyrs. Etienne, welcome to the show. Good morning, Lyle. Good morning, Lawson. And thank you so much for the opportunity to come and share with you again. We love the Mm. stories that you have to share. They are often stories of faith, but faith amid trial and hardship at the highest level. And so what are we talking about today? Well, look, China's been in the uh, news quite a bit in the last month or two. They've obviously celebrated 100 years of the CCP, which is the Chinese Communist Party. 
And, uh, you know, there's been some big celebrations around the world. And there's been a few countries, I guess, that have spoken out against it. Um, but there's even been some very prominent business people who've been, uh, you know, singing the praises of China and what they've accomplished. And you have to say there have been some accomplishments, you know, in regards to building a, a, a massive economy. But um, there are many things that have not been mentioned, and perhaps we can just have an opportunity to talk about it. But before I do that, um, I would like to offer your listeners a, a movie, a DVD called Tortured for Christ. Now, I know, Lyle, you've seen that movie. Excellent movie. Yeah, so maybe we make 10 available if people want to call in um, so we can give them the DVD. Or if they, you know, some people don't have DVD players anymore. You know, we've gone to streaming on most things. And if they want to have a copy of the link so they can stream it, you know, a lot of people are in lockdown. We know in uh, Victoria and also in uh, New South Wales, Greater Sydney. And if they want to watch a, a, a inspiring movie on the life of Richard Wormbrand, the founder, um, if they just write to info at vom.com.au, we'll gladly send them the link, which is available at the moment, for them to watch the movie. And it's very simple. We've made it available on YouTube. It's a private link, but it's available at the moment. So if we give them the link, they click on it, they can watch it quite easily. Oh, that's a fantastic offer there, uh, Etienne, and very, very generous, generous of you guys. Particularly, there are so many people in Australia right now in lockdown. And what we've found in the past is that when people go into lockdown, they kind of do spend a lot of time in front of that TV screen, often watching stuff that is not so wholesome, but you won't find anything more inspiring and wholesome than this movie, uh, Tortured for Christ, um, about the story of uh, Richard Wormbrandt. Yeah, that's true. And the thing is also, you know, whether you be on Netflix or whatever it is, you watch one wholesome movie, before you know it, they're recommending others, and you can go down a rabbit warren, and as you say, you could end up watching stuff you never intended to watch as, as time goes on. So uh, very happy to actually provide this movie. But I'm also doing it for another reason. We've got a prequel. You know, prequel is when they tell the story in reverse. They, they tell a story and they go, okay, well, this was happened 20 years earlier. We have a prequel. It's called Sabina Tortured for Christ, the Nazi Years, coming out in November. Actually, on the 14th of November, it's a Sunday afternoon. It will be in about 42 locations around Australia. And it will tell the story, not so much the communist years, but before the communists entered Romania, the Nazis were in Romania. And it's just an incredible story of forgiveness, how Richard and Sabina Wimbrandt actually responded to the people who actually had killed their family and mm. even hid some of them, um, you know, risking their own lives in the process. So a fascinating story. I just happened to see it over the weekend, actually. Uh, an incredible movie, and uh, I think people will be encouraged by that as well. But it'll be good to watch the, the first one that came out. I think this is really important because one of the things that we, you know, when, when we look back at the at, at the Second World War, and we've got to remember that for a period of time there, Romania was an ally of the Nazi regime. The But we look back at the Second World War and we think about the Nazi regime, and, of course, we all assumed that we would be the kind of person who would have Anne Frank in our loft, for instance. That's the kind of person that we, we all like to think we would be. But statistically, if we're real, we would be supporting the Nazis if we were in Germany during that time period, except well, for right, a okay. very, very small percentage. And we think... Well, all of us would be a part of it. No, that's impossible that all of us would be a part of that percentage. And we need to stop and think for ourselves, where would we be? And, of course, many, many Christians actually supported the Nazi regime when they did come into power in Germany. I think a lot of them changed their mind later on, but quietly, because it was so dangerous to actually speak out against the regime. Indeed, indeed. 
and mm. over a period of time because, I mean, a lot of the, you know, initially it took a long time for a lot of those atrocities to even become known and when they did become known, they weren't believed. Uh, you know, even some of the, you know, the German field marshals didn't believe about the extermination of Jews that was going on, you know, because they were quite removed from it. Um yeah, it's a it's a it's a tragic story about what can actually happen in a very modern, very civilized, and one of the most advanced nations on earth. Mm, that's true. Well, if you go to China nowadays, you'll see a very modern, very advanced civilization there as well. They've just celebrated the hundred years of the Communist Party. Well, they've been in rule for about seventy years. But uh, Xi Jinping, you know, when he had the, they had the celebrations uh, this month. Uh, in a, quite a defined speech celebrating the Marxist roots and the nature of the CCP, he had a number of veiled threats actually for the West and especially for Taiwan. Now, this speech um, has now been given to the three South Patriotic churches to preach. So what happens is, you know, the three South Patriotic churches are the Protestant arm of the churches that have been sanctioned or they have approval to exist as a church. But, of course, things are heavily regulated. Even when you walk into these churches, there's, uh, you know, security uh, cameras and they use special recognition software. They know who's gone to visit uh, and worship and who hasn't. And also appointments, of course, are made by the the Communist Party. So who can be a pastor, who can be ordained, who can go to seminary. And even those who are baptized, you know, the the Communist Party has an influence in that. And then also how you can access Bibles through the Three Self Movement. So when you write a sermon, Lyle, if you were part of the movement, uh, you'd have to get it vetted before you can preach it. And uh, now they're actually giving them preaching material, so they want them to preach this political speech. And there's about 10 points that they have to cover. And so the three self-leader, who's a communist himself, Xi Hong, uh, is offered this model based on nine points that they have to cover. And the first one basically is that the CCP and President Xi have realized the great rejuvenation of the Chinese nation. You have to talk about the positive, the rejuvenation and what they've achieved. And if you ignore history, you'll have to say that they've achieved quite a lot as a nation. But unfortunately, history and how they got there is is a different story. Yes, I mean, there's plenty of things that you could certainly talk about that China China has achieved, but at what cost? You know, it's it's the history that you leave out that is significant. The cost has been millions and millions of lives, and there's probably no single regime that's actually killed more people. And uh, we can we can talk about that. But one of the other things you've got to talk about is uh, frequently Christians are to repeat the slogan, even in the churches, long live the great, glorious, and correct Chinese Communist Party. And then the second one is long live the great, glorious, and heroic Chinese people. The third point that they want you to cover is that the roots and the bloods of the CCP are in the people. So they're trying to actually use propaganda to say, no, it's the people's movement, it's the people's party. And we can come back to that in a second, I guess. Um, also that they completed four great achievements, the social revolution, the contract of the socialist society under Chairman Mao, so that's Mao Zedong, the socialist reform under Deng Xiaoping, and then, of course, the socialism with Chinese characteristics under Xi Jinping. So these are all the things they've got to preach, you know. They talk about the CCP has brought the world, the six common values of mankind, and the six are basically peace, development, fairness, justice, democracy, and freedom. Now, you talk to some people who have fled China or the Christians who are being persecuted there, they probably won't be able to agree with any of those except maybe development. There's no fairness, there's no peace, there's no justice, and definitely no democracy or freedom. Um, and there's many others. So there's about nine of these points. But as we look at their history, you know, uh, you've got a century basically of, of killing 
under Marxist ideology. So this is really the uh, the militant uh, in implementation of Marxism. And of course, nowadays, you guys just mentioned a little bit of before in your, in your conversation there, how cultural Marxism has actually pervaded society and how they're pushing things, you know, and um, I think you're talking about uh, Harry and Meghan and their, their worldviews. And it's pretty much just a, a form of cultural Marxism that we see there. But yes. when they came to power, Mao Zedong in 1944, the, the Yanyan rectification movement was the first ideological movement of the CCP back in 1942. And uh, Mao and his loyalists accused many rivals of being spies. And you always see this whenever you have revolutions like that. Under the French Revolution, the same thing happened. And they'll purge senior officials and other party members. And they reckon about 10,000 members were killed during that time. And during the movement, there people were tortured, forced to confess to being spies. And this comes out of books of, of uh, historians like Wei Jinji, who, who actually published a book in 1998 on this. Then we got, uh, after Mao came to power, um, in the 1950s, they had the Great Land Reform, where they were trying to uh, take the land from all the people. So the government then owned the land. And the poorest peasants were um, encouraged to violently seize the land of other other people deemed to be landlords. Now, many of them were actually just uh, slightly more well-off peasants than the others, but millions were killed during that land reform um, process. Then we sort of jump back to, to 1958. You've got the Great Leap Forward. Now, the Great Leap Forward is actually they were trying to catch up with the rest of the world in regards to steel production. And uh, Mao's slogan was to surpass Britain and catch up with the rest of the world. So they ordered the peasants to actually build backyard furnaces to make steel. Now, these back <laughs> these peasants were farmers. And so they neglected the farm. So they're trying to do both. And, of course, you have overzealous local officials who did a, they were afraid of being branded as laggards. So they set unrealistic high harvest quotas. But what actually happened is that all the, the crops were taken away as taxes and these people had no food. And during that great famine, which lasted from 1959 to 1961, tens of millions of people died of starvation. So that number over that period was 45 million people died in this great leap forward. Um, then you've got the Cultural Revolution of 1966. Uh, you've got millions killing, being killed there under the great struggle sessions. I mean, just one thing after another. So it's been a a really a tough run for, for many of the Chinese people, yet they'll call it the People's Party. And, you know, uh, Lyle, we've, we've looked at uh, the study of the Bible and we know that there's a beast that arises out of the bottomless pit in Revelation chapter 11. And this beast is released by the angel of the bottomless pit, who's the angel fallen. And we know that's Lucifer. So Lucifer is behind this power. But really all the things that they talk about is really propaganda. And it's not steeped in the truth or even in history. And that's quite often why history teachers are taken out of the way. Because when people forget their history, they're destined to repeat the mistakes of the past, and secondly, not always know the origins and, and the evil atrocities perpetrated by some uh, government organisations. Yes, it's a very interesting thing because, I mean, you know, if you look at uh, a successful nation does not have to tell its its population that they are successful because they know that they are successful. It's a little bit like if you have kids and your kids are astronauts, you don't have to tell your kids that they are intelligent human beings because, well, it's kind of obvious that they are. And... Uh, 
you know, if, if when you get a country that is constantly telling their population, well, you need to be, you know, preaching this and saying this and repeating these mantras and slogans to convince yourself that this is a successful nation, then that's a very, very clear uh, indication of a very, very unsuccessful nation. While you were just um, speaking there, I was just looking up some figures on on um, on, on China, and you know, during the, the uh, counter counter-revolutionary cleanse, there was two and a half million people who were killed during the Great Leap Forward. The number is at about 77 million. Um, you're looking around the 80 million people, 80 million people killed, you know, and, and that's such a big number. It's just a statistic, you know, and, and as Stalin said, mm. you know, one, one death is a tragedy. A million that's deaths right. is a statistic and nobody can really wrap their heads around 80 million people being killed, but that's pretty much what Mao said it would require to create equality. Mm, mm. And the interesting thing that we look at uh, as, as we study prophecy, we, we believe that, you know, uh, cultural Marxism and all those atheisms and uh, all those isms will actually finally be conquered by the king of the north, if you think the king of the south is that. And the king of the north is actually apostate Christianity. So what happens is one scheme, which worries a lot of Christians, and I, and I visit a lot of churches, one scheme will be replaced by another scheme, unfortunately, which will not be the entire truth either. It will just be another scheme of Satan. And so we need to cleave to the Lord closer than ever before. And one of the things we can do, of course, is sign up to our newsletter. We encourage people. They can actually get a free book if they, they just go online at bom.com.au, and they can get the uh, the complete works of Richard Wimbrand, which is the whole story, which includes the, both the movies that I just shared with you before. And uh, they can find encouragement by these uh, stories of people's devotional life, their prayer life, and how they rely on the Lord to do things that people can't do otherwise. Because if you look at what happened in China, I mean, people there uh, were actually tortured horrendously, severely for their faith. There's one lady that went mad. And if you read some of the, the, the tortures that happened to Zhang um, during that period from 1969 to 1975, it's actually horrendous. And you can see that uh, a lot of Christians go through the same thing. But for the power of the Lord, they would also be uh, be driven mad as well and driven insane like this poor lady was. Etienne, we are out of time, but I just want to uh, remind our listeners very quickly about the free offers that you are making available, which are very generous this morning, and about the upcoming uh, movie, which is the prequel. Yes, fantastic. Yeah, so uh, we'll make 10 uh, DVDs available for those who still have DVD players, and then the rest they can just write to info at vom.com.au, and we will send them the link. So they can watch it online. Okay, that's info at um, uh, com dot au, or give us a call here for the DVD zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. That's Etienne McClintock from Voice of the Martyrs. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at one eight hundred Faith FM.